Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock, and excited to have with me today, Christina Boscherman. So welcome, Christina. Hi there. How are you doing? It's nice to be here. I appreciate having the opportunity. I'm thrilled that you've joined us. And so Let My Legacy Be Love is uh, Mm -hmm. the name of your website, but it's so much more than that. And I, I told you right before we started recording, I love... Um, when I went to the, your subscribe for your newsletter and your intro of yourself, so I'm going to read it. So it's author, speaker, okay. truth seeker, an advocate of curiosity, courage, and honesty as a path to personal transformation. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you very much. It took me a while to get that because, you know, when I was, when people would say, well, what exactly is it that you do, you know, other than being an author, I think that finding those exact words and figuring out exactly how to say it so that people would hear it and understand it and get the full idea of what Let My Legacy Be Love is all about. Yes, and that certainly does that. I mean, it's just, again, as I read it, I just so connected with the words. So, yes. Tell us about Let My Legacy Be Love and what it is that you do. Well, Let My Legacy Be Love started off completely different than the way that it ended up. When I first started writing, I was writing stories about personal experiences because I write from that place of this is what happened to me and this is what I learned from, you know, thinking about that and considering it either through conversations with other people or just my own insights that I gained for it. And when I started writing, I started sending a few chapters out to a friend of mine and she had said, you know, I think you're dealing with childhood trauma here. And I said, no, I'm not. What are you talking about? And at first I was kind of taken back by such a thought. I said, I had a wonderful life. I grew up on a farm with with cows and horses and cats and dogs and you know just about anything you can imagine and it was really um just a beautiful way to grow up but she started asking me questions and then I started digging in and then I started asking other people's opinions because I was like well what do you think about this and what I learned going through the whole process myself was that Most of us, you know, as things are happening to us, especially when we're kids, we're saying, it's just our life. You know, it's just my life. It's just, I'm I'm lucky because we focus on the things that we love about our lives. I mean, if we're optimistic people, which I am, we tend to focus on the good anyway. Um, So, but as I got into it and for a while, I wasn't sure I was actually going to share that version because... You know, I didn't want to talk about my family and I didn't want to talk about those things that people don't normally talk about because they don't talk about them because they don't want their peeps, our families or our peeps to look bad. And as, as I mean, I'm a parent. I wasn't a perfect parent. Did I do things differently than my parents did? Absolutely. But I made my mistakes along the way, too. So there was that aspect of it as well. But I found it just such an amazing healing experience to go through writing out those stories, looking at them. And in the book, I tell a series of stories. And after each story, I share the discovery, what I learned from looking at that story from that adult perspective, like with truth, with honesty, with curiosity, with an openness to, to understand that maybe that wasn't normal. 
maybe that's not and maybe that's why I do this now and when I started making those connections to the things that happened to me in childhood and how they affected me in adulthood that's when I said you know this would be such a beautiful um, uh, what's the word example for other people that this is what you can do by looking at these things because I mean, I always love inspirational books, you know, Chicken Soup of the Stool, anybody that's sharing their stories. I love all that. But then I would say to myself, but how did they do it? How did they come from this place to that place? So that's why I share in the book, I share the discovery. Like, this is what I learned by looking at this now from this point of view. And I just did this with my girlfriend. Um, from this point of view, this is what I understand now. And now I understand why I do what I do. And so now I have a past to move forward in my adult life to have a better life. So, you know, I, when I decided to share it, I did have to talk to some of the people that I talk about in the book and they did have to sign legal documentation. But each one of them said this could really help a lot of people couldn't it and I said that's why I'm doing it otherwise I wouldn't yeah I had that exact conversation <laughs> with my 83 year old mother and said mom oh, did you? I'm finishing up the manuscript for this book and mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about our lives I'm going to talk about you know your addiction I'm going to talk about you know dad and the physical abuse and I'm going to talk about all of that and at first you know mm -hmm. She was really, you know, like, she was more concerned about, oh, don't talk about the choir director that molested you, you know? And I was like, mom, <laughs> I have to put my truth out there, you know? Like, I have to put right. it out there. And so she finally understood, and she, she said those exact words to me. She said, this is mm -hmm. going to help people, isn't it? And I said, yes, it really is. Yes. Yeah, and that's, that's the point of doing it because what I found is that well Publishers Weekly did a review on the book and they said they felt it could help anybody struggling with self-confidence so that was huge um, I've had young parents reach out to me and say wow this understanding this is making me a better parent because they're able to see okay these little words that you're saying that you're thinking are funny or just kind of off the cuff it's like hitting that little kid that doesn't understand and is taking it in. Like for me, when I was a little kid and my dad thought he was being funny, you know, I cry very easily. And obviously I'm very pale until my face turns bright red. And, and I share a story in the book about how, you know, when I was with my dad and there, we were at a, a, a fair, it was like a circus and there was a monkey there with a big, red face and my I was upset about something that had happened and my father went and said oh look she looks just like that red face monkey oh Christina's a red face monkey so of course that gave my brother's permission to call me the red face monkey and call me a crybaby so through my whole life I was always afraid to cry because my face gets so red so I would stuff my emotions so by sharing that story I can't tell you how many people have said I'm so glad you talked about crying because like that's so hard for me too to like because you have to get those emotions out emotions have a purpose and that purpose is to realize where your boundaries are crossed and what you need to release so it was really enlightening to me to kind of put this all together too.
So it was an interesting journey. And I love it. You know, I think mm-hmm. we, as we put our stories out there, you're right. Like these soul connections happen. These heart connections happen. People connect with our words. Mm-hmm. And, and it yeah. starts to make sense to them. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, I do workshops around the different issues in the book. I have a series of workshops. It's called Breakthrough, Reveal, Release, Reclaim. Because as I was going through the process of putting this all together, like I had such a giant breakthrough. And the people that I have shared this with, they're like, oh my gosh. I mean, even to just get one issue cleared up that's been huge in your life. So the reveal part of the workshop is, you know, connecting with a story. And we do use the ACE test because I do talk about the ACE test in the book, which is adverse childhood experiences test. And so they can pick a story to, you know, work on something in the workshop. And then we have a release section where I work with another woman and we actually go break something. And so if I say, well, I'm tired of being, you know, afraid of having no money, what I do is I write afraid of having no money on a glass item. Everybody gets all dressed up with a face mask and the gloves and the boots and everything. They take that item with whatever it is they want to let go of and they go outside and they smash it. We have a a, a mobile uh, we're calling it a release room. Some people call them rage rooms, but it's like a mobile release room. So they go out and they smash that. And with everybody cheering them on, and then they come back and they talk about the experience. And then we have them plant a little plant, you know, and some people say, oh, I'm going to kill the plant. This is the whole point to nurture that plant as a way to remember to nurture yourself and what you want to heal and what you're working past in your life to have a better life because it's all about having a better life and if we don't nurture that what it is we want right it's we forget about it but that was a great workshop oh that was really fun i can't tell you how many workshops i've done that with. <laughs> like oh that was really a ton of fun you know go me but two weeks later i forgot about it so that's what the little plant is for a lot of fun and people seem to really enjoy them they enjoy the workshops they enjoy the information they're getting out of it. So yeah, so it's 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 fun, and it's in, and they're connecting with what it is that we're trying to do, which is really really good. So now mm-hmm. you do presentations as well. You're a speaker. Yes, I do. I love to speak. Recently, I spoke with there was a, a conference on domestic violence in the area. And um, they asked me to come and speak because what I present is um, uh, unleashing human potential through healing the effects of the ACEs. Because in my own life, by able being able to go in there and see how, what I was able to release, I mean, to be able to sit here and do this interview with you and not be like being like terrified and worried I was going to say the wrong thing and or whatever, that was huge. So. Um, and to be able to cry and just say, oh, well, you know, I'm a human being. I need to get this out of my body. So, so much of my own potential was released by doing this. So I, I've been going out and speaking on that topic. And what really struck me during that conference was those people have to deal with so much trauma every single day. And they are absolutely exhausted. So 
it was interesting to listen to the feedback that I was getting from them on, on how this might help their particular populations. They also said, and I thought this was really interesting too, which speaks to, that's just my life. They said that some of the absolute worst domestic violence um, cases are never reported because it's been passed down through generation after generation after generation. And they say, it's just my life. It's what, it's way it is at home. It's normal. And I, this is normal. Yeah. And another thing that they said, there was one woman who was a keynote speaker and her father had killed her mother. And so when we were talking about this in, in my presentation, you know, I brought it up. I said, she said very clearly what happened in that house. I said, that led to the killing. I said, did anybody hear it? And they were all looking at each other. There were like, you know, 60 people in the room. Their eyes are kind of going, I don't know. And I said, she said they couldn't get past their own drama. And, and that's what it is. It's like the stories that we tell ourselves and the things that happened to us when we were little kids are kind of wired into our brain. And it's like our own little story this little drama going on all the time and we keep recreating the same drama. And I thought it was really interesting that she said my parents could not get out of their own drama and that those people hadn't caught that because that was so huge for me because I realized that going through the process that, wow, this is just, it's a lot of drama and it's a little story. You know, it keeps creeping in. Even when you say, I'm not going to tell myself that story anymore. You wake up in the morning and that little voice is back there going, Christina. And we're all the same. It's how our brains work. I mean, all those ACEs studies, you know, ACEs connection is just mm -hmm. phenomenal. And I love all the research on there. And yeah, how our brains truly are affected by yeah. you know, ACEs and early trauma. Absolutely. I've read... I've read a lot about it. There's Dr. Bruce Perry. Have you come across him in your work? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He, he was the one that for me kind of put it in very simple terms. You know, like when we're children, our brains are sponges. We come in, they're empty. We're these beautiful little beings with just big hearts. And then things happen to us. And we're, it's really about survival, right? Like if you don't, finish your dinner, you're going to get hit or you're going to get it again tomorrow. Or I don't care if it's moldy by the time you finally eat it, you're going to eat it or whatever the case may be. And then the brain is saying, Ooh, that's, I might not survive. If I'm going to be able to eat, if I'm going to be able to be in a warm place, then I need to be able to deal with that in another way. So what am I going to do? Why is in this little pattern so that we are unknowingly taking all into adulthood and when I heard him say that the first time I was like wow that is absolutely true so then I started studying you know some of the neuroscience behind it just because I I love to really understand the nuts and bolts of things kind of how I am so I've read you know so many books on brain plasticity because I love well with my own history you know I went through EMDR therapy for four years to release oh, all did the you? negative you? Yeah. oh 
it was it was life altering for me. But one of the things I discovered was the the brain plasticity and that I didn't I always thought I had to be like quote unquote broken forever. And um, me too. Once I realized I was able to redirect and create new habitual patterns um, and that the brain is malleable, it is, you know, I could change um, not just my habits, but the way things were firing in there. Oh my gosh, that, that was life altering as well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, I found that because for me, I was able to change all that just by like writing my stories and looking at them and seeing them from another perspective. I mean, that completely changed the way that I was living my life. And, and so that I, I knew that just from doing, going through that myself. And I, I all think that all these therapies and everything are really interesting and really cool. And right now I'm studying um, neuro-linguistics programming, which is basically the same thing. It helps rewire the brain, like get people to reframe their thought. You know, if something horrible is going on, how do you reframe it? What, that you lost that, but what did you gain? You know, those sort of things. And to just set up those new patterns because we can change at, at um, any time. And interesting because from a physical point, probably I think it was like 2010, I had gotten really sick and the doctors had no idea what was wrong with me. I write about that in my book too. But one of the things that they found was in my brain, there was a brain bleed, right? And it was healing. And they said, it just like, it just repatterns itself, like physically, where that spot on my brain was bleeding, that will just rewire itself around there. And that just becomes part of the brain that's kind of scarred and not used anymore. But so I said, hmm, well, there's a physical part of it too as well as that wiring that that we can't see you know it actually like the veins rewired around re redid themselves around that spot on my brain where it had been bleeding and what a cool way to look at the whole concept of neuroplasticity in the fact that yeah mm -hmm. we have a physical injury it does it so yeah when we can create new thinking patterns new habitual patterns like me was one of the things i like to say is talk about is I had panic attacks, um, you know, driving on uh, bridges or highways. And so mm -hmm. we started to conquer little bridges, a bridge near my home that had a stoplight at the end of it. So if there was traffic, mm -hmm. sometimes get stuck in the middle of it. And how horrifying it was when I would have just severe panic attack. So I started yeah. to create new thinking patterns and new um coping skills and fill my toolbox, you know, with different coping strategies and it worked. And now I can be stuck in the middle of that bridge and I have no panic, no anxiety. So I rewired it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It took work. And, it, and, it, and we, yeah, well, that's it. And I think that a lot of times what I find, I don't know what, what you find in your work, but I find in my work that people say, Oh, well, that didn't work. And it's something that has to be repeated over and over. And again, I have another funny story around that. I was working with a coach during the point where the book starts. My whole life had just blown up. My second marriage had come to a screeching halt. 
I lost my job, so I had to try and start a business because I needed to get money in right away because my son was in college. It was like massive, massive stress. And I was very depressed, and I was physically sick, and I was working um, with a coach at the time, which is interesting. I had only met her once, and she called me up one day and said, I just want to offer you coaching. I'm like, I can't afford to do it right now. And she said, no, I don't understand. I want to offer it to you. Why would you do that? And to this day, she says, I don't know why I did that. But it was a prayer. You know, I had put it out there. It was like, God, I need some help. I don't know what to do. Anyway, one of the tools that she gave me was she said, I want you to every day say, I love my life. And I said, I can't say that because I hate my life. There's nothing in my life right now that is I, I just, I have so much stress and I'm, and I don't like who I've become. And, you know, I went down this whole list of why I couldn't do it. She said, just do it. So I took a three by five card and I put one on my bathroom mirror, one next to my bed, one on the refrigerator, you know, and one on my computer so that as I was going through my day, I would see it. And so I would start my day off by saying, I love my life. But when I first started it, I was like, I love my life, <laughs> you know, and as time went on, I started saying, I love my life. And then, you know, within probably like a year and a half, which sounds like a long time. But by then I had pulled myself out of so much muck that I was like, I love my life. And now I say it all the time. You know, when I laugh about it, that's why that story is so ingrained in my head, because I say to my husband all the time. I just love my life. I'm so blessed. But it started from that place of, I love my life. <laughs> and I'm going to make a life I love. <laughs> and it's just very, very funny, you know. But it takes time and it takes work and it takes thinking about it and being positive and being okay with making mistakes along the way and just, and that's part of my humanity. There's even a chapter in my book that's called Again, Really. When I had, you know, come to a place where I realized some stuff, but then I found myself right back in the same old habit again. And what I found was by admitting that I was off the rails again, it gave me it. Say, wow, look at me. I'm way off the rails. What am I going to do about this? Because I was dating the same kind of guy again, who I said I would never, ever date again. I was dating the same kind of guy again. And I, and my girlfriend kept saying, he, you're doing the same thing. You're doing the same thing. And I said, I know. I just need to figure out where I'm going with this, figure out why I'm here. And I remember the day I drove away from that place. I was so happy. It was a full moon and the, everything was like illuminated. I was going down the travel driveway and all the stones looked like diamonds. And I was like, this is huge. I just walked away from a really bad pattern. Go me. And, you know, it took time and it kept thinking about it and saying, I know I'm doing this. Why do I keep doing the same thing? Because it was easy because I was comfortable with it. You know, ever since I was a kid, my dad was very charismatic, very good looking, very kind and nurturing until he went nuts. 
And that's why I kept finding the same type of person. That I, and it had to come to that, that spot in my brain to say, I'm doing this because I'm comfortable with it, not because it's what I want. And that was a huge realization. And when I came to that, it was done. Just like that. Yeah. End of pattern. Yeah. But I had to fall back into it. I had to fall back into it. That's why, um, and somebody said that in Alcoholics Anonymous, they have that extra step in there where you will fall off the wagon. And that's okay as long as you get back on it. You know, and that's kind of what that was. And that's why when I wrote that, when I decided to name the chapter again, really, I thought it's just so, you know, it was just the truth, you know. Um, yeah, but we can rewire. We can rewire and we can do things differently. It takes time and it takes attention. Yeah. And I think that that's important for people to understand. It doesn't happen overnight because it took a long time to get those patterns in there and you've lived that way for a long time. But there is a way out of it. So any myths or facts that you would like to clarify for listeners? Um, myths or facts? Hmm. Well, the myth that you are a victim because none of us are victims. None of us are broken. We have only had things that happened to us, especially the things that happened to us when we were kids and we were powerless and we were vulnerable and our bodies and our nervous systems were just trying to survive. So you're not a victim and you can change any time. And, and again, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time and it's going to take attention, but boy, is it worth it on the other side? Because like, I can honestly say with, I love my life. I, I put out my favorite hashtag is hashtag trauma warrior because I don't want to have I a love that one. Yeah. I don't want to have right. a mentality. I'm, I'm a warrior of trauma. I survived it. And not just survived it, but now I'm thriving. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm that much stronger for it. And I know how strong I am having survived it and now thriving. So, yeah, I say to people, um, you don't have to be a victim. You can be a warrior. Right. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. How do people get a hold of you? They can get a hold of me through my website. It's um, www.letmylegacybelove.com. You can get a hold of me on Facebook, either Christina Boschman or Let My Legacy Be Love. Um, also, through the Breakthrough Squad, we have a, a Facebook page that's got the whole breakthrough thing on it. But I share all that to Let My Legacy Be Love as well. Instagram, Christina Boschman, it's kind of hard to spell. So Facebook is the easiest place. Find it. Yeah, and my book is available on Amazon on my website. It's available on Barnes and Ninja bookstores around the around the country here soon. So we're getting there. Some libraries too. A lot of libraries are starting to carry it. Oh, I know what a huge endeavor it is to take on a book. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No kidding. I had no idea that it was going to be quite as big as it has been. Huge endeavor. Anything else that you want to address with the audience before we part? I don't think so, Jess. You know, you really can be whoever you want to be. 
like I said, there are no victims. None of us are broken. We were only the victim of our circumstance at the time and we can change it. You've changed it. You're a trauma warrior. I did it through just curiosity, honesty, and openness to another perspective. Just be open, open to what somebody else is telling you. If you're saying, oh, it's just it's my life. You know, my husband hits me all the time. It's always been that way. It's always that way in my family. Don't buy into that story. I just wanted to thank you again for joining me on air and, and shining your light of hope and uh, for all you're doing to help others along their healing journey. Thank you so much, Terry. I really appreciate this. It was a, just a great opportunity. And thank you to everyone who listens. And, you know, I'm always here. If anybody wants to reach out to me, I'm here and I'm available. I'll put all your contact information on the video. Uh, I don't think I told you before we started recording, and I'll just tell, tell guests now, but the podcast I just checked a few days ago last week, and it's been downloaded in 38 countries. I hope <laughs> a lot of people hear this and come your way and uh, read your book. Yeah. Thank you so much, Terry. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on the Healing Place podcast. And until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Thank you. Bye, everybody.